Welcome to the first clanky, slithery beginnings of Robot Kraken. This is Chris, and I have a second podcast, Deeply Dapper Dispatches, and these first zero episodes are from that podcast, where Tom and I started our rambling talks and decided to break off from 3D, which is primarily horror and retro-inspired geek stuff, and start Robot Kraken, where we can go a little different direction, but still be the same rum-fueled ship of madness that you dig about Deeply Dapper Dispatches. Enjoy! Greetings, pod people. This is Christopher McClanahan reporting to you from the Fortress of Smallitude, and these are the Deeply Dapper Dispatches. Welcome to part two of this week's edition of Deeply Dapper Dispatches featuring Tom Chiaramonte. Previously, we discussed Star Wars, we went into depth about the new comic book movie trailers, and we talked a little bit about Christmas. I think for this edition, we will continue talking about Christmas and pick up a couple of other cool geek things as well. As I said before, I am accompanied by my buddy Tom this week again. He's still Did the I... dulcet demon. <laughs> Did I miss my entrance cue? He might be more dulcet this time because we are upgrading our audio slightly. <laughs> I feel. I feel like... I, I could do one of those like stage left, stage right things like, hey, everybody. No, no. Uh, you could do that if you really feel like you want to. I, I won't keep you that, from doing perfect, fun audio effects. That's yeah. With a, with a, with a microphone set to mono. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Seems like the perfect time to segue into the drink check. <laughs> what do you drink? I don't care. Yeah, yeah. We have been playing with monitor or with microphones and drinking for what half hour, forty five minutes now. At least because that. I am not a technologically advanced human being. Um, I'm currently drinking an A and W cream soda with a liberal amount of Jim Beam honey whiskey inside it. A liberal amount. Yes, I, I I don't know what to call it, but I like it. It's excessively sweet, <laughs> but it's got some nice kick at the same time. I probably could have just used regular whiskey, actually, as sweet as the cream soda is. I get what, it. What are you drinking, sir? Uh, well, surprising precisely zero listeners, I'm drinking another rye. This time bullet, though. And a large glass of it at that. How can you tell this is audio? How much is left in there, sir? We're at about 50%. Hey, all right. So it might last us for the next 15, 20 minutes or so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be all mouth breathing. You just reach over and grab the entire bottle and just start swigging from it. That would be a great segue to kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Wouldn't it? Right. Yeah, the last right. one I did with the, the other guys, we had all had in excess of six beers by the time the podcast started. And I think we each had two to three throughout the the course of the podcast. And we had a lot edited out at the end of that podcast. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> As we diverged into giggles for the most part. Um, we'll try and keep a little more sober for this particular one. <laughs> We're going to keep it classy. We are keeping it classy. This is the classy end of the Deeply Dapper Dispatches family. I've always said that part two is classy. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's true. Does it end in a cliffhanger? It's in a classy way. In a classy way. Yes. All right. So 
Die Hard Part 2 is a- classy. That is true. <laughs> Die Hard Part 2. Isn't that isn't that Lampoon by everyone? Isn't that the one where they're stuck in a snowed-in airport? I believe so. I haven't seen it for a really long time. People complain about it, right? Because he's yeah. running around tunnels. Die Hard it's all in space. There's nothing fun about it. <laughs> I don't know. So we covered a lot of the the usual stuff in the last podcast. We covered uh, some nerd news. We talked about trailers for hours. Um, so I think we might move. We were only vaguely interested in for an hour. Correct. Yes, <laughs> we're we're really good about discussing apathy. <laughs> yes, we, well, we can, we can mine gold. We can mine a diamond from the smallest piece of coal. Yes, right? we're good at squeezing that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> at least we think we are. Yes. 14 listeners agree. Yes. And the other 27 stopped listening last podcast. <laughs> That's it's, it's sort of now an exclusive club. You don't like Batman? Fuck you. <laughs> it's all those it's yeah. all those preview watchers, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and move into something else. So a trailer that we are excited about. I'd love to. We Which just, one are you thinking about? Well, I only know of one that I'm excited about right now, and that is Shane Black's new movie, The Nice Guys. Uh, they just released a trailer for it in the last few days, and prior to that, there was one picture that had come out. Um, I know Shane Black as the writer of Predator. Did he write Predator? I believe so. Yeah, and he also wrote Monster Squad. And Wait, yes, Wait, did he write Predator? I knew him. He as acted an actor in, Predator. in Predator. My bad. Right. He was. He, he, he was, was writing the new actor. Predator. Yes, he's writing the new Predator. But he did have. A, but he has been writing. Yeah, he, he created Lethal Weapon. Actor. That's right. And he also he was wrote like the buddy cop guy in the nineties. Right? Yeah, he really was. Yeah, including Monster Squad, that was like a buddy cop movie with kids and monsters instead. I, I didn't see that. It's. It's bizarre. <laughs> Who's in Monster Squad? Uh, Monster Squad is essentially a lot of kids. Dracula, Frankenstein. Um, it's a very strange movie. At one point, one of the kids' dad's cop partner friend gets blown up by a stick of dynamite by Dracula. So, you know, okay. it's one of those movies. <laughs> Was he played by uh, Ernest Borgnine or something interesting like that? Or No, sadly. I Honestly, I don't know if there's anybody... That I would recognize in that movie. Um, it's old school. Um, I think it was out in mid '80s. My uh, internet apparently is not working right now. Um, well, you're using all of your resources on that sweet microphone. Right, right. Cat, you chill. Oh, there we go. She's back. It's from 1987, actually. Do you realize for 35, 40 minutes while you were screwing around with your input and your output settings, and we were on standby? This, this happens. It's production. This cat was nowhere to be found. And as soon as it's like you hit record, <laughs> suddenly she's here. Well, the, the star's been been triggered now. They yeah. We called her out of the, the trailer. To... No kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, it stars Stephen Macht, Robbie Keeger, and Andre Gower. So there's like literally nobody in Monster Squad you've ever heard of before. I'm not going to watch that movie, I have to be honest with you. There is a scene with Frankenstein in a treehouse with a bunch of prepubescent boys peeping at a girl changing her clothes in it. I might see it. I might see it. <laughs> I don't want to rule it out. <laughs> My brother watched it for the first time this last Halloween, and he was he as he watched it, he was like, what in God's name am I watching? This is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. 
but anyway, more recently, Shane Black has also directed a written and directed a movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, sweet Lord. That was such a great movie. I loved it. So good. I don't know anyone reasonable who disliked that movie. <laughs> Only fools dislike that movie. Okay. Let's just put it this way. Sometimes people share a different cat. Quit it. Sometimes people share a different viewpoint than we have. And we have to respect that, even if they're wrong. That is absolutely correct. Especially if they're our friends. And we For now. respect... <laughs> he's going to walk out of Force Awakens and he's going to be like, yeah, I've seen it before. It's basically the first movie's rehash. <laughs> I think I was a Jar Jar Binks type. Yeah. We have a buddy who is very love-hate about things. And we love-hate him. But, <laughs> you know... I love him. You know, the thing is, uh, we, we've always said that, uh, we, I mean, he agrees. We've always said that he was Boolean, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and, I'm, and I'm, that, I'm that gradient scale in between. And so, you know, there was a point where uh, we're on the, this, this forum that's connected to my website, right? And there was a point where we made him that graphic, right? That was like right. his, his light switch. Sca- his love-hate scale. Right? <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether anything we were talking about, whether it was, was awesome or terrible, and there was nothing in between. Oh, shit. And How have I not made him a light switch that's love and hate? Well, you are now. I make switch plate covers for a living, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I need to make him one of those. I'll take one as well because I could find use for that. Yeah, you sh- you certainly could. All right. This is how you, this is how we get you to do free stuff. Is we just <laughs> we pin you pin you down on the on the cyber. I'm committed cyber, now. Cyber radio. Unless I edit this out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was a really fun movie. It was about a private detective. It was very like fifties noir esque. Such a detective movie. I have to stop you. Yes. This is the only time in history that someone said. So anyway, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. <laughs> so anyway, kiss, like, kiss, bang, bang. There's never been a segue that leads to that movie, right? <laughs> right. Like maybe there was a preview showing and someone choked on a meatball. And then they had to, okay, so anyway. here's Or, kiss, or kiss, somebody kiss, got a finger closed in a draw- door and chopped off or something like precisely. that. Precisely. That's a reference. Yes, that is I a reference. As Steve Rogers would say, <laughs> I got that one. You got that one. I love this movie. I mean, I get, uh, you know what it is? It's multi-genre. It absolutely right? is. It plays with so many things at once. We're doing suddenly a review of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes. But I mean, that was what was so wonderful about it. Yeah. It was it's irreverent in that way, but I loved that it was playing with these tropes. And it was very fourth wall, right? I mean, that right. That show that I don't watch, Castle, which my mother watches <laughs> religiously, looking for the butt shots, I'm sure. Nathan Fillion so, is adorable. I have to give you that. Well, okay. Give her that. So, those, so those shows, that show. Mm-hmm. They play with that, right? So he's a writer and he's writing, but he's also using his writer instincts to solve crimes that he would be writing about or something, right? right? So Kiss Kiss Bang Bang had that sort of narrative to it, right? It did, absolutely. Which I really enjoyed. That it's cheesy about the setup of the pulp novels, then all of a sudden it is a pulp novel. Right. Well, and they find such a clever way to bring a completely unlikely character into it. He's a robber who somehow gets... He's running from the cops and ends up in an audition, and he just saw his buddy killed, so he's super emotional, so he gets the part of a detective, (laughs) and they send him out to L.A. to train with an actual detective. I mean, it's it's just – it's super contrived, but it's contrived in such a delightful way. (laughs) Also, can I tell you that there's only two times that I've really enjoyed Val Kilner, and I'll tell you, I admit freely that most people of my age – 
you know, they're very nostalgic about the best defense. Was that the one? No, not the best defense. The True best genius, defense. real genius. Oh, I love Some, real genius. Something genius. Yes. Willow, maybe. I love Willow as Willow. well. Yeah, okay, I get it. But eh, <laughs> not for me so much. I mean, they probably were when I was 10, but not now. Right. But the two, to me, mm-hmm. obviously Heat, because that's the best movie that's ever been filmed, ever. <laughs> I and genuinely ever forget he's in that movie. Oh, it's because he, it's the brilliance of his acting is that he can pull himself back into the background, right? Right. You barely know he's there. Right. It's it's method acting to the extreme. <laughs> not enough steaks in the freezer. See? Just intense. It's just, yes. Not very intense. But I liked it. <laughs> in fact, when I was recently re-recording that movie on, on off of Blu-ray, I, was, I had the same little segment that I was testing the video quality, and it was him uh, – no dialogue. He's buying demolition equipment in Phoenix or whatever. Oh, that's awesome. Bringing it over, bringing it over state lines. And he's just like, mm, looks at the guy, looks down, looks at the guy. And I'm trying to decide in his mind, where is he going with this? I'm not being noticed. I'm just a, con- I'm just a contractor. <laughs> right. Or if you say anything, I'm going to shoot you under the table with a shotgun. I don't know where he was, but it worked. <laughs> so that's the one. Val Kilner and Heat can't beat that. Nice. And then also this movie. And I thought this was going to do for him what Pulp Fiction did for John Travolta. I'm shocked it didn't. He was so great in it. He's super charming and snarky and he plays with, with, yeah, yeah. Or it was cool. Yeah. And just, he played so well with Downey Jr. They, they were a great pair. I thought, I thought they had great chemistry. And you know, what's surprising is I thought he was going to get his, his silverfish or no, that's not a good example. It was a terrible movie, but I thought he was going to continue to get interesting roles. Right. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, uh, maybe John Travolta didn't have much. He had promise, but maybe it didn't. Um, I can't I think of I can remember are the later, the later, uh, failures, uh, sort of right. cashing in on the fact that he was in Pulp Fiction. So maybe, I don't know. So maybe he didn't get better roles. Maybe he just got more popular after well, he that. he got roles, let's put it that way. Yeah, that's true. There is that, at least. I could be screwing up my timeline here, but The Saint, was that before IMDb.com? The was Saint the was before significantly before Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay, see, so The Saint was doing a lot of damage, right? Yeah. It's it terrible. If it didn't have Elizabeth Shue doing the sort of sexy research person right. prior to uh, what's-her-name destroying it in the James Bond movie, there'd be nothing to watch. <laughs> right, absolutely. Although his scene in the museum where he's coquettish pretending to be the guy, that was that was great acting. Yeah, that but, was actually so, really solid. No, it wasn't at all. So. <laughs> anyway, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a great film, and I'm going to watch it again as soon as I can reacquire it since I lost everything. You know, though, I have to say that regardless, I, maybe you haven't seen the movie, but Val Kilmer is phenomenal in Tombstone, too. But that's bef- – oh, shit. Well, there just goes my uh, – okay, I only so, like two roles. <laughs> I'd like to – yeah, so I'd like to make one clarification. I think you might have misheard me when I said two because clearly there were three. There, There is typically three when it involves you. <laughs> when you were doing your editing, I was throwing his lines at you from that movie <laughs> while you were doing it. <laughs> also, last week I read a whole thing. It was like a Reddit or something, and it was people uh, – arguing about the origin and the reference to huckleberry oh yeah and it was great they could make two pages out of that interesting it's like anything that's old enough right there's right like <laughs> ideas about the source material but anyway it was fantastic 
Now I gotta go watch Tombstone right after this. Well, and it's fun. I've always been a big Val Kilmer fan. Actually, I grew up watching um, Real Genius, and I loved Willow when I was a kid. I know it's a terrible movie, but I love the hell out of it. There's something about anything with Warwick Davis in it that I'm just like, I love Warwick Davis as long as he's not wearing an Ewok costume. But yeah. still. <laughs> It was the Warwick Davis that that I struggled with, I just, <laughs> and and also I was gonna. It's funny that you should mention that, and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later. But I can't get the Warwick Davis out of my eyeballs when I see the waddle, and I don't mean to be mm. mean, but it's so distinct that it pulls you out. Yeah, right? you yeah. know it's him in there. That that's really not a problem for me though, because I very rarely watch that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So kiss, kiss, bang, bang, fantastic. Yes, oh, kiss, kiss, bang, thing. bang's fantastic. And here we are focusing on Robert, on, uh, on the gentleman. <laughs> yes, on the gentleman. But he, but, 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 oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. There's, there are three people in Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang worth mentioning. Yeah, that changed things for me, actually. You're right. <laughs> My worldview was altered by that movie. But so, I, but actually, I was referring to the fact that it, what it really did was resuscitate Robert Downey Jr. It career. absolutely did. Yeah. And we forget Iron Man has put him on the map to the point where. You know, these modern the modern audience thinks that it created him. Right. Had, but if it he had he had this movie, he was in prison, and he comes back and, and does this movie. Right. In fact, he was on like what was the sitcom that he was doing when he got arrested? Well, oh anyway, good lord. Something terrible. I can't remember. It was. It was definitely something terrible. But then he comes back with this kind of edgy material. Yeah. Edgy edgy choice and killed it. And it was so excellent. Yeah, like after this, he started picking up all sorts of other little roles. And then he was, bam, Iron Man. But if he hadn't have done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and if he hadn't have been so goddamn charming in it, right? I don't think he would have ever become Iron Man. Favreau wouldn't have had that feeling about him because he didn't, you know. Right. He wouldn't have had that frame of reference for the character's sort of the bigger-than-life personality. Hey, I have a question for you. Okay. Um... Had you seen Michelle? What is it? Uh, Monahan or Monahan? Have you seen her before that? I feel like I'd seen her in something prior to it, but I don't think so. I think she was only in like three other things, and one of them was a lawyer TV show before that, uh-huh. like Law and Order or something like that. That role for her is one of those ones where I mean, you know, I think it's this, this is definitely speaking as a. You know, as a hetero male, yes, absolutely, or a, or a, or a, or a lesbian female, or an optional something, <laughs> but the, but but distinctly, that role was one of those ones where she's playing a character, yeah, with all of her personal charm, but she's playing a character in such a way that she's coming across as virtual girlfriend vibes, right? Oh, like when yes, you're watching absolutely. It, when you're watching it, you're imagining it's she's playing a character, but you feel like you're it's she's quirky, she's got vulnerabilities, she's acting like a real human. It's she was scripted like a human and not like a you know, movie character. She so you was. get that weird false sense that you know her more than that you're kn- that you're knowing some person rather than than just an an, an actor playing. Yeah, the role. yeah. She had right? one of those things where you you felt like you could hang out with her while you watched the show, kind of thing, or that you knew someone exactly like her. Yeah, or well, wish like, you did. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you you could easily lose track of the fact that you you are watching someone. Oh, you know what it is? Here it is. You feel like, you know, you watch her for whatever. So she has portions of a 90-minute movie. You right. feel like you have known her or that character or her as that character for, like, years. Yeah. Right? There's more. Like, she brought a bunch of, like, implied 
character yes. to the character, right? Yes. And I and I think about other uh, you know actresses that I was that I was really taken by in my life, and there are always those kinds of roles that set them up that way, right? Absolutely. Like at some point when I was younger, there was a one on a rider movie. I don't remember which one. Right. Where I thought that I recognized that like a person in that, not a role, which was not true, but that's what I saw. Yeah. No, I totally understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emma Stone is also another really great example of that. She, she is selling herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sean Connery and all these other actors, actors who can act, but are really banking on their personality and their natural charisma. They do the same thing. A lot of actors do. Yeah. But she sells roles based on her, sort of the essence of who she is or how she portrays herself. Yeah. You know, people, I think, I think when you're following Emma Stone or you like her movies, it's a lot more about the actress than it is the, the acting, right? I think so. She's just so like human and charming and she's not a movie star. She's somebody you want to see in the movies kind of thing. I feel like that's a cut and it's not meant to be. Yeah. It's not meant to be because she's absolutely a star, but. Accepting the, uh, the, the unfortunate, controversy over the aloha role mm-hmm. uh in birdman she was great she was fantastic in that in i that still movie. haven't seen that i need to it's surreal i saw once again that's another one of those ones where i saw it on a plane you know 14 hours into a very long international flight to asia and so you know <laughs> i was you know, 33 rums in or something and but i thought it was amazing nice yeah i, I love everybody in that movie i need to check it out but yeah, it's it's crazy to me too because after Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Michelle Monaghan had so many roles where she was so radically different in every single one of the roles. That's true. She was so different in like True Detective. I barely recognized her in that. You're right. You're right. And uh, and always sometimes not for the better. No, she, she was in stuff where she was relegated to the girlfriend role, and it wasn't very interesting. Right. I liked her in uh, in uh, the the oh boy. The the one where they're going back over and over again and experiencing the same bomb on a train. Oh God! With, with uh, uh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal, whatever. What the hell it was that called? Um, well, that, that movie. <laughs> I have I have the Imundaba in, in, in right in front of me here, and I'm like, what was that movie? I don't remember. Source code. It was source, source code. code. There we go. Yeah. I have Photoshop in front of me, so I, it was all me. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. we're not here to talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. We're just we're establishing a precedent about. But awesomeness. we would like to recommend you go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's a great Christmas movie. Actually, it takes place at Christmas time. So go watch it. Maybe not with your family, unless your family is okay with corpses being peed on. But... That's right. But also, that was a movie that I don't know if it. Yeah, so it continued the reputation or the 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 uh, the pattern. Of Shane Black writing these yes. mo- these interesting genre movies and setting them at Christmas time, right? Lethal yes. Weapon, this, and then Iron Man three. Was Lethal Weapon in Christmas? Wasn't one? Wasn't it Lethal that. Weapon? He did another one that was Christmas. It might have been one of the Lethal Weapons. Yeah, I, can't I think there have been seven or eight Lethal Weapons. We'll just assume it was one of those. Yes, we'll just well, assume. Then, yeah, Iron Man three in July was a Christmas movie, right? Which I still haven't seen, sadly. So it was a Christmas movie. Does it have the the Shane Black feel? It's. Uh, to, for better or worse, mm-hmm. it, it is an, a Shane Black movie. Ah. In fact, the people that didn't like it, mm-hmm. in large part, I think it's because they wanted a superhero movie. Damn it, I need and to that, watch that, that was now. The, that was the swindle. It was a classic Shane Black type movie. <laughs> right that, on. 
with Iron Man in it. And in fact, he made a point of putting, and, and this is another thing that people criticize about it, but he made a point of keeping uh, Robert Downey Jr. out of the armor as much as possible. Nice. So a good portion of the nice. a good portion of the screen time, he's running around as Tony Stark, but he's doing it in that sort of, you know. Well, very kiss, kiss, bang, bang way. Right. So I, I thought it was hilarious. I That's it was, pretty awesome. It was, a, it was a bait and switch that um, I was imagining didn't play well in all markets, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. That's pretty but hilarious. It was, but it was... Well, so, and I so guess he's he actually writing now? the screenplay for Doc Savage now as well. I can't believe that. Yeah, that's that could be pretty fantastic, actually. So... We're here to talk about something new. Yes, yes. He has a new movie coming out. It's called The Nice Guys. And as they describe it, it is a noir-tinged detective thriller starring Ryan Gosling, the baby goose, as a (laughs) down-on-his-luck private detective and Russell Crowe as a hired muscle who have to team up together to solve the case of a missing girl and the seemingly unrelated death of a porn star, an investigation that leads them to uncover far-reaching conspiracies of corruption. I don't know where this movie came from. I... I follow the production of things and I, you know, deadline and stuff. And, right. I, and I, and I feel like I remember them talking about it being cast, mm-hmm. but it was like out of nowhere. Yeah. I heard nothing about it until they released a photo two days before the trailer came out of baby goose and Russell Crowe sitting together looking super seventies. It's nuts. Yeah. I love, I love these kinds of uh, projects where they, you know, where they choose a different uh, time period like that, a very anachronistic time period. Yeah. You know, the sort of stylized uh, early 70s or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I that trailer was firing on all cylinders for it me. It was so great. Yeah, it, there's a – I believe there's a non-Red Band trailer out, but the Red Band trailer is just friggin' hilarious. It's got great action in it. The comedy's totally on point. Um, Russell Crowe looks so unusual in this movie. Like, yep. I mean, he's clearly Russell Crowe, but he's bulkier and he's kind of let himself look his age, which yeah, I thought was yeah. really cool. Yeah, he's he's had he's had some some top sirloin. Yeah, right? yeah, right. yeah. He's like his he's got a thick neck on him still, but the rest of him's a little thicker too. But it a really suits bingo. him. Yeah, and and I don't know. I'm so excited about this movie. Actually, I think it looks fantastic. But how about? I mean, I've only seen the Red Band, but. Man, talk about – I mean we were just complaining on the forum or somewhere about uh, – or maybe even on the previous podcast that's been that long and that many drinks. <laughs> right. Um, about bad trailer editing, right? Right. And how you know, they either give the movie away or they just – they're all over the map. And that was – actually, that was one of the things we criticized about the about the uh, you know Superman versus everyone right, right. Uh, trailer was that depending on the editing – of, depending on the trailer, it was a different movie, and that's always something that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. That's the marketing executives playing around, and I'd rather just see the, you know, the vision that the director is actually doing. I'd like to right. see a, a semblance of the finished product, but not all of the finished product. In yeah, trailer. absolutely. And I especially like a very well crafted trailer. Well, this was a good trailer. It was. It, it, it sets up what Im- I imagine happens in the first half hour of the film. Right. And, and then the thing, just yeah. teases everything else without showing you anything about what the plot is to it. Well, and also um, from a from a, you know, bring bringing the viewer in. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that the that the uh, that trailer starts all about Russell Crowe. Yes. Right. 
it starts about him and his and what his situation is long before it really. And then, you know, you're introduced to Ryan Gosling in the trailer. Right. Um, you know, and then and then you and that sets up how this is going to be an unlike unlikely and interesting pair, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was great. Kim Basinger's in it. Um, and she's we won't hold them against. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I actually she looked pretty good in this, I thought. She had a little bit of the the Hollywood Confidential vibe to her in this, which right. was one of my favorite roles of hers in years. Sure, sure. And I, Ryan Gosling has a daughter in it, and she's right. in it very briefly in the trailer, but I think she totally steals the trailer, too, at the same time. And this goes back to the, um, the story that you were talking about earlier about um, the previous podcast, two podcasts ago, and how um, – you had been reviewing that project and then the very young actor contacted oh, right. you. It's like, Hey, what a great project it was. And you had to apologize to him about all the, the horror references. Uh, that was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite parts of the whole trailer. That was so he brings funny. his daughter into the strip club and he's like, she's like, there's all these whores and stuff. And he stops and reprimands her and says, it's whores, not whores and stuff. Yeah, exactly. No end <laughs> that stuff. That was the takeaway. <laughs> Yeah, so there was also a lot of really interesting camera work, and I have to look up. Yeah, that shot from falling down into the pool—that mm-hmm. was so great. Yeah, and th- there was a number of shots that I mean, they were brutal looking, but they were really um, cleverly constructed. Yeah, in terms of how they were framed, and that was that was exciting to me. Yeah, I can't wait to see this movie. Um, it comes out. I don't know when it comes out. I had it right. written down. Where do I have it? Uh, May comes out the 20th of May, which is further out than I want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's saying something. I mean, that's a good sign, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. It looks fantastic. Uh, Ryan Gosling, he's, he's somebody that's been in a lot of movies I've liked, but my favorite one of his was probably Lars and the Real Girl. And Ooh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of the like production of stuff of it. Really good, and this is about the closest to that role I've seen him in, where he plays somebody a little quirkier. Uh, in too many of his movies, he's kind of the the action hero, pretty boy type character. But he's not pretty, which is strange. He's, not. he's a very unusual looking guy. Yeah. And I, for the longest time, I couldn't understand why you know everyone was swooning over him. Like I, I think I was only really aware of him as a thing. When that meme was coming around about the librarians, oh like the, right, remember that librarian meme where he's always making these these references <laughs> to librarian specific stuff, right? Um, but uh, you know, I like the first few movies I saw him in, he didn't strike me. I didn't, I didn't yet really get his charisma, which I now right. get. Yeah, um, which is ironic, which is somewhat ironic because I actually like un- unusual looking actors quite a bit, and yeah, I think absolutely. He's funny looking. I think I think he's got a, ch- a chisel body as these leading. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he does have an interesting, he has an interesting profile on his face. So I, I will give him that in a way that I don't understand how Jake Gyllenhaal is as popular as he is. He's a great actor, but he's yeah. a really un- unusual looking guy. It's like if, if Jake Gyllenhaal can be that popular, why wasn't Steve Buscemi popular in that way? Because they're about the same scale as far as I'm concerned about. Right. Uh, you know, interesting DNA. But you know, it is the way it is. I don't Buscemi know. Buscemi has bonier elbows. 
<laughs> it's anyway. it's kind of funny while we're talking about Gosling too. Um, his next role after Nice Guys is a movie called La La Land, which is directed by the guy that did Whiplash, the drumming movie that I've heard is excellent, and it, he co-stars with Emma Stone in it. <laughs> I'm all set. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the thing, though, is uh, what is it that I saw him in where I started to realize that he had he had something really interesting going on? This is the, this is the kind of show, right? We don't have any specific references for anything. The guy that was in the right. movie. Right. Play. He's a, that one thing. <laughs> but, like, I didn't see Drive, but I saw some other movie that he was in. And, oh, you know what it was? It was Gangster Squad. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting movie. Well, you know, I was primed to like that movie for obvious reasons. Right. But um, I, I started getting his um, sort of animal magnetism, I guess I would say. Yeah, I could see that. that movie. But what I like here in this trailer is it's exactly what he got out of Robert Dooney Jr. Yes. It's the natural awkwardness. Yeah. It's charismatic instead of being annoying. When he was on the John. Kind of <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that was so good. like a callback to Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. He's on the John, and he's like, hey, and, blah, 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 and he's dropping this thing. He's holding the, the magazine and the cigarette yeah. and the gun and the door. And drops and... The cigarette. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was amazing. It was so great. That that scene, just in and of itself, that could have been the entire trailer, and I would have been sold. And, in fact, if they were to make trailers like that these days, I'd be even happier. Yes, absolutely. They would have gotten my money, and I would have, you know. And we and would have only known it. one scene from the entire movie. And, and if that had okay been the trailer that. for that movie, we would only have talked about it for 37 minutes. Because <laughs> we got an hour out of Superman versus whomever. Yes, we did. Well, and we're we're coming up on like 30 minutes now, but we did talk about drinking for a while. So <laughs> Drinking and gossiping. I have one yes. more comment about the unusual DNA. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, I, I do find him interesting. I will say he's <laughs> compelling as an actor. I will watch him. I did watch The Source Code. I didn't watch uh, the one where it was the video game Prince of Persia. No, I didn't. Oh, uh, although he, yeah. he looks suitably yeah. yoked, which is good for him. But I no, I didn't watch the movie. Yeah, it was pretty How- terrible. However, uh, a master class in looking unusual but totally owning it is his sister. Yes. Because she looks amazing. She's so interesting it's looking. It's bizarre to me how and, interesting she is. <laughs> and she owns it. It's, it's, it's all – it's like body language. It's mannerism. She owns it. Absolutely. Uh, before I saw it, I was stupefied that she would be in a movie like uh, Secretary and that people would be giving it the, the reviews that they were giving right. it. Right. I was thinking, well, I don't know. And I, when I finally got around to seeing it, I was like, well. <laughs> yeah, it's she has one of those qualities where just in photos, you don't understand her magnetism and her charisma. It's once you see her actually acting and in motion that you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> my, friend, my friend on the East Coast uh, sent me a message the other day that he was in the coffee shop and she came in and ordered something in front of him or whatever. And he was like, wow. <laughs> She's really unusual looking and interesting and, and whatever and compelling. And I was like, too cool for you? He's like, I'm very too cool for me. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Um, when we were at Salt Lake City Comic Con a uh, year before last, we were um, – it was after the first day and we were all sitting out at this little outdoor cafe eating and – Gigi Edgeley from Farscape came by and I recognized her right away because I'm a huge fan of Farscape and I'd seen her earlier in the day at the Comic-Con. Because you like puppets. Yes, because I'm a big fan of 
people with their hands up things. Uh, <laughs> and my wife looked up and she didn't recognize her at all, but she was wearing this coral dress and she was out with some friends just kind of dancing around, going to a bar. And my wife was like, who is that? Is that somebody? Because she looks like she should be somebody. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's Gigi Edgley from Farscape. And she's like... I've seen a lot of celebrities like out in the wild and there's not very many of them that you see them and you're immediately like, oh my God, that that's a celebrity kind of thing, even if you don't know who they are. And I feel like, like uh, Hall has that same quality about her. She has that kind of that, if you see her in real life or on video, they've got this charisma that's so much more powerful than photos convey. It's really interesting that you say that and your wife's uh, quote is very existential, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, like every, it really is. everybody is somebody. Yeah, she is Come somebody. On. Everyone like, I totally is. Get, I get it. And that's how I felt about, um, forgive me, is it Manu Bennett? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, so for, for people listening, we were at um, the uh, Wizard World Sacramento, and he had been doing what? Signatures or whatever. Yeah. It is to do. And Hugging people. He, yeah, so he came over to the booth, and someone had told him to come over or something. And so he came over because he wanted to buy your little doll. Yeah. Was it of his character? No, it was Hulk Hogan, actually. Hulk Hogan. Okay, that's a thing. So that's a thing that happened, right? <laughs> right. As we, as we are prone to say. It's a purdment. So, yeah, it was a purdment. But so, but he came over and he's talking to you. And I don't – I haven't watched his show. I don't know who he is. Right. But I'm looking at him and, you know, it was the bleeding edge, right? He was right. on the edge of being any guy, just <laughs> any guy who's ripped, who has tattoos and is wearing a – Right. You know, I don't know. Wearing a Ed Hardy shirt. Um <laughs> right? He could have been that guy. Yeah. But he had this ma- this 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 incredible radiating charisma. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a guy. And just like your wife said, and sure enough, yeah, it's just so funny grip how and he was really cool. And and I've met some other celebrities that are bigger celebrities than these people who don't have that and it's the strangest thing to me. Like um I don't I can't remember off the top of my head now, but I've run into a couple of them out like on the show floors at comic cons and that kind of thing. And the only reason you really know who they are is because they're, you've seen their face so often. It's not because they have that same magnetism about them. And I think it's really interesting. That's a, that's a good point. Well, uh, well, anyway, so that was a digression, but yes, uh, as we do, <laughs> interesting people that look interesting and yes. seem like they might be interesting. Yes. Um, although odd, oddly enough, she was in you know the the work of one of my favorite favorites uh, in Dark Knight, and oh yeah, that's she, true. She, she she had almost no rope to work with, right? No, no. She's taking on the the role of someone else, and she she certainly was convincing, tied to a chair. But you know, it's not like she. <laughs> really had a chance to do anything to make it hers right right which which was a little bit of uh, a letdown to me because i when i found out that she was cast in the, as as rachel in that version of the of the yeah. story I was like, oh this is going to be really interesting yeah then, i was uh, really excited actually because it seemed like a, a unique chance for her to be something more than just the damsel in distress and what she was basically was the damsel in distress yeah. although i just remembered another movie that i really liked her in uh it was the will ferrell movie where he was a writer, was it? Oh, no, it was. Um, what's her name? Was the writer, and she, he was her character. And then she oh god, what was that play. called? Yeah, we have that. That's uh, Stranger the only, Than Fiction. Yes, that's the I, only Will Ferrell movie my wife will watch. She can't stand him, but she loves that movie. 
even Elf? I don't think she's seen Elf. And a part of it's Ooh. just that she hates most of his other stuff. I can't convince her how good Elf is. I was going to say, you've, you're not doing... I mean, you're a, a weird holiday movie thief. Like you haven't gotten your wife. I really am. And that one even has claymation in it. So it does, and that's and, <laughs> like and completely slavishly devoted claymation to the yes. sources. Yeah, I've watched that movie in June and loved it. Yeah, it's it's so good. Well, and Zoe's so great in it too. Yes, she really is. Except uh, she's blonde, but otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be well, better if she were not. But yeah. So, <laughs> so that's a movie. Yes. That's, that's, that's something happen. we're excited about. And, we, and we're going to see it. Yes. Not Presumably together, we'll, but we'll discuss it afterwards. We might. We just don't know. Which when is true. May. May. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know if I. I don't know if we have anything going on then. We could do the, the Star-Crossed Lovers at a distance thing. We could go to the theater at the same time. <laughs> do we Skype it? Yeah, we all oh, no, <laughs> no, that's, that's against the thought. But what we could do is we could text like, all right, I'm ready. You know, don't eat I'm too going much popcorn. To... XO. <laughs> and thus another thing that happened. Yes. <laughs> All right. Shall we do some uh, picks of the pod? Yeah, let's do some do picks. Think? Pick of like the pod. You know, this is always one of my favorite segments of the show because I never know quite what they're going to be bringing out here. I would really like if you were to start. I'd like to know what your pick of the pod is. I told you I didn't have a pick of the pod ready, you bastard. I kind of set you up. My pick of the pod this week is the BB-8 toy. No. You son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. That's what you get for telling me your pick ahead of time, you fucker. You're, you're, you're a daisy if you do. <laughs> I'm your huckleberry. That's what, that's what they call a callback. <laughs> right it references something earlier that's relevant now if anyone's still listening <laughs> let me tell you about bb8 so when that first trailer hit and the no, trailer for the say, movie or the trailer for the toy you just stop when the first trailer and let's be current when it dropped when, when it, it dropped, dropped when the trailer dropped all i could think about was that was a In really a world <laughs> In a world where the ball rolls with the head. So when that when that trailer happened, I was looking at this thing, and we have all this stuff to dork about. Right. And all I could think about was that ball rolling around. And I actually wasn't I wasn't aware of the Spiro stuff. Like, I just hadn't – I think I had seen maybe a Gizmodo article on it, but I just not really – you know, I, I wasn't clued in. All and you could think happened, about was the ball. Was the ball. <laughs> There's a lot of balls in that movie. And of course, I'm referring to energy balls and you know, right? Cel because celestial orbits. So anyway, when he's when he's zipping around at that, at speed, like he's going like thirty and oh, looking it looks around, so great, right? And so then uh, it was maybe I know, very shortly after that, um, very soon after that had happened, they brought him out. Remember that there was video of this, oh right, right. at Comic Con sort of, or something like that, right? And and he just rolls out blah, 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 and and everyone's freaking out. It's just crazy. Um, the technology is not that sophisticated. It's interesting. We've seen in like cat toys, we've seen that right. concept of the magnetized inner device with tracks that's moving around inside the sphere and all that. But the the, the package that they ultimately bought to use in the film is so effective. It really is. It looks amazing. And what I think is so brilliant about that is, you know, half the battle on Star Wars was making the droids interesting, right? Yeah. Like, Interesting characters, especially R two D two, who doesn't have any dialogue, but he does. With the, right, with the sentence, but he doesn't, but he does, and he's quirky. 
And let me just do a little foreshadowing here. Mm -hmm. If he had continued with the anthropomorphization (laughs) of his brought to you by bullet. If they had continued with that, the way he did R2D2, the other movies, you know, at the second parts of empire and all of, of, of return of the Jedi would have been a lot better because he went the easy way, the merchandising way as some, you know, the cynics will say, you know, with making the, the dancing teddy bears and the goofiness that, that he, that it devolved into. Right. Uh, it takes after, if you're over a certain age, eight, whatever, seven, it takes you out of it. Right. It's just, it's, it's yeah. kooky. Yeah, absolutely. R2D2 R2 is as compelling to a five-year-old or a four-year-old as it is to us. At yeah, he, he really is. Yeah. He has the same degree of uh, chemistry. He, he interacts in the same way. My, my little kids totally got him and his, and the way that the beeps and the sounds that he would make <laughs> evoked his sort of emotion and what he was thought, what he was supposedly <laughs> thinking. Or saying. Right. We got it. And, you know, so anyway, BB-8, what I thought was brilliant about it is that they managed to to uh, catch lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah. There's so much personality in that robot from what we've seen, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In something that's practical. And it right. Makes it, Which makes shocks it feel like, me. Right. And it makes it feel like it's a real, you know, like a real thing. So anyway, this is all to lead into the fact that I'm going to review the concept of a BB-8 toy. Because as soon as I saw that trailer and I knew they were going to make the toys, I didn't know they were going to really introduce a spheral version of it right, right. away. But I knew somewhere there was going to be a, a BB-8, even if it's just a figure, and I was going to yes. get it. I love that. I just love the design. At that time, <laughs> I was still convincing myself I wasn't going to run out and buy a bunch of figures. I figured, oh, I might get one. I'll get BB-8. <laughs> well, and you've gone through a couple of iterations of it now, correct? That's right. And to be fair, I haven't. I have actually. I've have held off on buying any Force Awakens action figures for my kids because they're, you know, just I haven't done it. But yeah. But look, but look I've I've stood there in line with them. <laughs> and I put them away. Right. Be honest myself. Would they want this or do they want a pony? And, or do yeah. I want this? <laughs> and and I. <sighs> And and again, I, foreshadowing, uh, talking about Return of the Jedi, but uh, I was in line. Uh, I think I had mentioned it last time, but I was in line with a with a with a with a with a speeder, a speeder bike, right? Order trooper on a speeder bike in in like glossy black or something, and I was oh, like, oh, I gotta black. get this, and I didn't, and I know I'm gonna go get it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, you never finished whether you had actually purchased that or not. I, I was going to ask you if you'd actually bought that or not. And, you know, uh, on uh, unboxing day, I did break down and order a <laughs> Amazon uh, exclusive, which was like six different versions of the Stormtrooper. Okay. Right. In, in one, like a combo pack. So they had the flamethrower version and the, 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 the scuba diver version and the deep space version and the camo version. Oh, wait, that's Iron Man. You know what <laughs> I mean, though, right? Right. All the different versions of it. And uh, it was like. It, it was like it had come out in November, and then it was back backdated to January, and you know, so I don't even know if it's ever happening. But right, back to BB-8. <laughs> so there are three versions of BB-8 that move on the market. Right. There's the top dollar Sphero version. Mm-hmm. Who's There's a, about what eight inches tall ish, uh, or is it smaller? Than maybe that? a little less than that. A little less than that. Then there's a, a version from Hasbro that's a direct sale from target okay uh, it's about mm, i don't know maybe 
75% larger. Okay. And then and then there's finally a version direct sale from Disney that's much larger. That's, you know, maybe a little bigger than a soccer ball when it's like oh, its body its body is smaller than a soccer ball, but maybe all in it's a little bigger than a soccer ball. Okay. Right on. Or ba- maybe a basketball. So I started with the the um the expensive one because you know, I was taking advantage of the fact that we can return these things these days, right? So oh, I thought I would right. But I was compelled by the videos I had seen of it. Um, everything I'd read about it said this was the real deal because it is. It is the Spiro product that they based the, the right. character on, right? So I'm like, well, okay, this is got it. They've just dressed it up as BBA. Okay, I got to do it. So I bought it. Um, nervous about the price, but I bought it because if anyone somehow has not looked this up, it's a $150 product. <laughs> so, okay, so here's this $150 paperweight that comes. And, um, you know, it's got a base that it sits in, okay. which is USB powered. You plug it in. And it's a really interesting thing. It doesn't have, you know, it's designed to be a, an RC car, right? It's You're supposed to be able to operate it, but at the same time, it has its own patrol mode and whatever. Oh, but, okay. But it doesn't come with a controller. It's an iPhone-controlled device, kind of like some of the uh, drones are, right? Oh, Which is okay. Fancy, aerial RC vehicles. Okay. So, so it doesn't it come in, with its own controller. You have to control it using the phone. Yeah, the, uh, yeah an iOS or an Android device. Ah, so, okay, I put it in, brought to you by Bullet. So I put it in the base, and I plug it in, and it immediately starts pulsing, right? Okay. And I, down- I downloaded the app off the App Store, okay? So it starts pulsing, and immediately starts talking, to, you know, like it's talking to my phone or something like that, and it wants to do an update to it, you know, wants to over-the-air update, so I let it do Interesting. And some people reported that that update can fail, and it takes a long time, but mine was pretty quick. So when it's done, it makes some sound, whatever, and it's good to go. So I took it off and I put it on the ground. And then in the app, you have some some basic modes. You have the the RC mode. You have the patrol mode. And then you also have a mode where you can message with it, which I don't fully understand. That's odd. And a few other things. You can send messages. <clears throat> and this leads to one of my criticisms for the product. But anyway, it's... <laughs> um, so in practice, I think as an adult collector, I would have loved to have kept it. Because right. it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful piece of industrial design. It is gorgeous. Yeah, it was well articulated. It looked great. It was very dynamic in what it and in, in how it worked. Mm-hmm. And even when it's in its base, it's sitting there pulsing. Blah, blah, blah. It'll even talk to you in its base. You know, That's like cool. it could have been on your desk just talking to you, and it would have been amazing, right? But in a house with kids, <laughs> this was not. I was not the target market. Right. So I put it down. And so first of all, and as I had read in the reviews, the remote control uh, functionality is labyrinthian and has a steep learning curve. Okay. It's it's like a lot of these. Um, you know, frankly, it's like some video games that I've tried where I had a lot of trouble um, getting getting acclimated to it. Right. You have to you have to focus on the head or where the head is looking in order for your controls to work. And so if the head is looking Oh, that's like interesting. In, well, like in video games, if you're playing in a first-person mode, right? Right. You're all seeing front. You're good to go. Right. But if you're if you're playing a video game, these these third-person view games, mm-hmm. right? That's very popular. The expanded tabletop kind of games. Right. Your controls get screwy depending on where the character's looking, and if it's a three, it's a it's a 360 degree gaming environment, and you're fighting a guy over here and a guy over there, it can get really confusing. If you're not used to it, right? Right. Are you are you a 
Are you throwing up over there? What's happening? No, I was just coughing, so I oh. muted it real quick because I was coughing. <laughs> I, like I, I may or may not have put some whiskey in my coffee as well, and it was a little stronger <laughs> than I anticipated just now. <laughs> not as strong as my 30% brought to you by. No, I would not imagine. So anyway, it's very disorienting to use the RC controls, and I was a little bit uh, troubled by that. But to be quite honest with you, I like RC it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like it in the sense that I like to chase a cat or a human with it. Right. But beyond that, I'm not really, I'm not the guy with all my RC helicopters that I bought. I was never the guy that wanted to sit there and master the landing and all that. I just, you know. Right. I want to chase the cat around with it. That's <laughs> and I'm talking to you, you little. Well, and there's no real option for the kids to really dive in and enjoy that either. Right. And And they have a few RC devices that are very basic, right? And they still... You know, forward, backwards, okay, but they can't really get the turns to figure yeah. it out. Okay, so they're right. They're a little young for that. Okay, so that's a problem. But then they have a patrol mode, and that's what I was most interested in, right? right. Just let it go, and it's going to do a thing. And it was sold as that it's going to work its way around the environment. Right. And it hits a thing. It's going to back up and turn and go here. And what I came to find, this is the next hit on it. What I came to find was it doesn't have what we are used to with Roombas, which are admittedly much more expensive. Roombas right. map, map their environment. You put the pillars around to establish the boundaries, and the Roomba will eventually Correct. understand its environment and work around objects and stop wasting so much time banging against the couch, right? <laughs> right. The, BB- the BB-8 Sphero product does not do that. It it does supposedly start to map its environment. From what I've read, mm-hmm. I never saw evidence of it. But even <laughs> then, the reviews that I read that claim that said that it doesn't keep it. So when you really. Yeah, you know, the next time you turn it on, it's the same thing. So what I found was it was going off into the corner. It was going under the couch. It was doing whatever it was doing, and it just getting stuck. Right. Um, interestingly enough, because it's – so it's both the cleanest toy and the dirtiest toy because mm-hmm. um, the head is magnetized, right? Right. To the so it, it collects the – get off me. Oh, you can get on me. Come on here. Come here. So <laughs> – it's not trying to attack me after all. So uh, I'm talking about you. You were involved. So – uh, you know, it's supposed to collect cat hair and various things, and they get, it gets bound up. That under is a pin. wonderful view. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Tom's cat is showing me its asshole. <laughs> this, this cat is young and <clears throat> and has very good hygiene. Yes. So uh, I so can anyway. see. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, so as it rolls, it picks up the hair and various things, and then it collects under the magnetized head, right? So then you got to pick, pick it up. Oh, i got to pull this hair off. But under, That's but lovely. Like any other motorized toy is going to get jammed up in the axles and stuff. Which is right? true. So this yeah, that's very true. clean. Easy to clean, but it was weird at the same time. You're like, oh, I get it, right? Yeah. So the patrol mode wasn't that interesting because it kept getting jammed, you know, running into things, but it was good. Right. However, my daughter loved it to death. In fact, she decided it was a princess. <laughs> She started picking it up and putting it in her bed and put, like, putting pillows around it and bringing it like these offerings like at C-3PO. And again, oh foreshadowing. God, that's adorable. Jedi, bringing like offerings <laughs> to the god. Um, <clears throat> cutest thing in the world. Until, that's and, awesome. And, and it really is. But my son, man, oh, he was really interested for about three minutes. And then he started being, getting really excited about it. So he'd pick it up. Oh, slam, yeah. Pick it up, slam throw it he started throwing it so oh, one no. I, I found i found a bb8 head on the ground it's like oh man what's he doing he was rolling he was bowling it down the hallway and eventually <laughs> it would 
<laughs> it would stabilize itself and zzz, take off into right. the so he chased peace out <laughs> <laughs> it was funny and i was thinking it's like i was imagining the hit points right and right. those are my dollars so my dollars right yeah <laughs> like three more days and it would be a paperweight and so i was like well so i decided that was not for me as much as i enjoyed it i think of the BB-8s, it was my favorite in terms yeah. of an an object, and as an right. adult, I loved it the most. But um, it just seemed too much. So then the next the next down was the uh, the Hasbro one that's available through Target. Okay? okay, and I have to be honest with you, I never took it out of the box. <laughs> I I had it as a backup to the Sphero, but right. then when I, when I started looking at some videos, because you have to understand, I'm 42, I'm very late to the idea of looking at YouTube videos to, <laughs> to do research on things. Cause also right. I, have no time. I have no time for that. Yeah. So I the time. So I'm watching YouTube videos of the Hasbro one and uh, I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's an art, it's an RC vehicle is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, but it had a kludgy remote and I'm thinking my kids might have some trouble with it mm-hmm. and, and it didn't, and, and it was still 80 bucks. Right. And I'm like, right. well, that's, that's too much. So I ended up not, not keeping it. So then I found the Disney one that was a much more inexpensive. It was like 35 bucks. Okay. So I ordered it and it came. And so this one, this is the one of the three that is not the magnetized sphere. So the, the oh, Hasbro interesting. kind of rips off the Sphero concept, right? It's right. Kind of an inter- internal magnetized ball. Well, servos. So the Disney one is just, it's got a single tank tread in the, at the bottom of the sphere. Oh, interesting. And, and do all this weird stuff. I loved, I just need to take the time to turn it upside down and watch it work because I don't know how it does all of its maneuvering with this thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but this thing spins and flies around and zips around and makes all these weird uh, 90 degree turns and hmm. is really, really, really agile, but it's got a single tank tread under there. And it's how very crazy. Can't see that it's there. Right. Also, the head is affixed to the body. So as it wobbles, mm-hmm. you know, the head is swinging way forward and way backwards and stuff. But, it, but, so since it's really not rolling, mm-hmm. it has to keep the body somewhat upright. And I have to be honest with you, even the Sphero, while it was zipping around, it wasn't as good as the movie where his head's always right. gyro up. The Sphero didn't have a gimbal uh, incorporated. So as it was zipping around, its head was flying all over the place. It would just always land back upright. Yeah, the videos I've seen, it's definitely wobbly. So... So, so anyway, so the Disney one, so it's on its little tank tread and, um, it's bigger and it's heavy and it's sort of bomb proof. It has the two little antenna. Well, it had two antenna, <laughs> but it has, again, it has a couple of, it, all it has is patrol modes, right? It doesn't. Right. Have so it has one, which is, you know, if you press a button on it, it'll do something. Right. Okay. And then it has another mode, which is voice activated, which is what I leave it on. Oh, that's cool. So when I made the Sphero disappear, I had to tell my daughter that it went away and had to be, it's going back for upgrades. And right. she's like, oh, I come back. Like she gets that it's fantasy, but at the same time she's, she's, she's committed. She's like, is it back to its planet? I'm like, yep. <laughs> so then it comes, the new one comes and I said, upgrades and then put it down. And she's like, wow, it grew up. It's a teenager now. I'm like, yep. That's awesome. So now it's voice mode. So now it just rolls around the house. It goes, bleep, 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 bleep. you know, it makes all the sounds and it bangs against things, gets stuck in their furniture and whatever else. <laughs> the key is, my son can grab it and throw it, and it's not. That's I mean, a huge plus, yeah. It, it may be destroying it, but it's a $35 destruction. <laughs> right, right. It's know, not 120 or whatever, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, anyway, also being bigger and louder and everything, um, I think it's just more the, the experience I wanted. was What I really wanted was a robot just wandering the house, talking, yakking. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? I've always wanted that. Um, 
The other thing I was going to say about the Sphero, by the way, which is a real, um, I don't know, bait and switch. They don't tell you this. They don't tell you this. <laughs> sign up. It doesn't have a speaker in it. Really? Sounds. You watch those YouTube videos. It's amazing audio that that product has. Right. It's coming to the phone. That's bizarre. So when it's rolling around, if it goes and in, in, in interacts with someone, it's just a thing. On you know, right? You're the, you're the one with your phone that's hearing it making all these amazing sounds. Hmm. So what I like about the Disney one, even though it's a this is sort of muffled mono speaker in it somewhere, right? What I like about it is it's making its own sounds. Yeah. So yeah, leave, I, that is really preferable, honestly. So I would leave. We do prefer things to make their own sounds so <laughs> i could i could be cooking this has happened i mean cooking and i hear burr, 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 you know and i look around and he's over there by the by the butcher block you know that's awesome I like, that's the most of that's the most of that experience that i wanted you know that's sort of like the idea right. of member of the household yeah you have a droid that's just hanging out and says hi when it wanders past that's pretty fantastic yeah, so okay so that's about 25 minutes about uh bb8 toys <laughs> my recommendation is if you've got kids and they're yes. young, get the Disney one. And if you have kids that were really into RC, maybe you get the middle grade Hasbro one from right. Target. And if you are an adult collector and you're going to be you're going to be the one that's manhandling this thing, so to speak, get the Sphero. Because I have to say, it, it crossed my mind to throw caution to the wind and keep that thing <laughs> just at, desk, at my office. Right? I'm not a bit just surprised by that thought. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought to myself, six months after this movie's out. Or a year after this movie's out, there's got to be a bunch of disgruntled people that got tired of that. I would assume so. I think that that's a high learning curve, uh, you know, unique toy that's right. a no- novelty, and there's going to be a lot of people that are like, "Well, I want to cut my losses." And, and yeah, you know, if I could get a whole, one of those for half of that price, I would probably get it just for the just for the desk. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of people that bought it, will play with it heavily for a couple of months. They'll see the movie, they'll come back to it, play with it for a little while again, and then a couple weeks later be like, why did I get this? I want Fallout 4 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that's my that's my coverage of the BB-8 robot. And oddly enough, you'd think that that was one of those, uh, the unasked question, but uh, I have a number of you know, friends on the Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff that have been asking me about what, which one was good and not. Right. And so I've been meaning to write this up and I just haven't had a chance. So. Right on. Our 14 listeners will now know. Yes. Which to get. They will be well informed. That's right. Right on. So, I was actually curious which one you ended up with. So now so I that's, know. That's the, the rest of the story. The one, the one that could actually kill a cat <laughs> if it got it hard enough. So you keep that in mind, you. So how is it as far as tracking its its locations? Is it pretty good about that? Like, I guess you don't have any stairs that it could go down or anything, but so it does. It does precisely zero mapping. It just basically rolls around. It gets, for the most part, um, it's been fine. Uh, sometimes it gets pinned mm-hmm. um, under under weird things like chair legs and stuff, and it just. I, I feel like maybe the t- the treads get up and it can't. Uh, okay, like, I can can't back it itself up. up. I can hear it going, and it'll go. Like, and but but <laughs> but but that's it, right? So right I'll, I'll I'll get it. But the thing is, also, it's 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 autonomous action is very um, very creative and fun. Like for some, for example, sometimes it does this like long arc, and they'll stop and they'll look around, and then that's sometimes cool. it'll do this thing where it just starts spinning, woo, 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 you know, it goes <laughs> in circles, and then stops and then turns its head and looks in a place and goes, oh, you know, whatever. How that funny! Kind of stuff. 
that kind of stuff just cracks me up. So how does uh, how is it powered? Is it something you plug in to recharge? No. So unlike the other product, this is a battery-powered device. It's oh. going to suck your – I use rechargeables, but, yeah, you're going to have to do that. Okay. Interesting. So what would you rate it? I would rate it uh, – so I would rate the Sphero mm-hmm. 7 out of 10 Rise. Okay. And I would, uh, and I would rate the um, – I would rate this this Disney one, uh, you know, again seven out of ten rise, but right they're on. different. But they're different markets. Right, it's right? a completely different audience for the two. If I had to pit them against each other again, it would be a, what's your priority, right? right I certainly on. enjoyed the hundred fifty dollar one a lot more. Yeah, but I also didn't enjoy imagining my son atomizing it. So <laughs> that is completely understandable. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a thing. So right. Anyway, so okay. that's that. Well, I think uh, maybe we will take a little bit of a break here for a second and be back, and we'll dive into a little bit of Christmas talk. That I'm like excited. Let's do it. Okay. Are you looking for a great gift for the geek in your life? Does your own home need a little more nerd? Check out DeeplyDapper.com. Filled with wondrous wares from artwork to key hooks, decals, dolls, soaps, and more, DeeplyDapper.com is your source for geeky goodness. Everything we make is handmade, we ship worldwide, and items like our Legend of Zelda key hook, dice-embedded geeky soaps, and Lumos Knox Harry Potter switch plates have been featured on sites like Reddit, Wired, BuzzFeed, Shut Up and Take My Money, and more. Give the gift of geek, or class up your own home with DeeplyDapper.com. You can also find us on Etsy. Just search for Deeply Dapper. So, let's do the thing. Yes, let's do the thing. I, I'm responding to someone's uh, um, someone's uh, proposition that uh, Tangled is better than Frozen. <laughs> And it is. It the I think the humor is much better. The storytelling is better. Mm-hmm. The, my 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 thing is the the character design and set design is better on Frozen. Absolutely, I agree completely. Which, but it's really the marketing that was the problem. They just didn't market Tangled. Well, yeah, they didn't market Tangled at all, and they marketed Frozen as a completely different movie than it turned out to be. And and as a sister movie, I think Frozen's an excellent flick, and I think that's why it appeals to certain people so much more. But speaking of Frozen, Christmas time takes place in winter. That's true. That is actually actually that's not entirely accurate. I have a number of friends (laughs) in in New Zealand, and in the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas time is beach time. Do they still celebrate it on the same day? Oh, they do. Jesus was still born, but not born on the twenty fifth. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not going to confirm or deny any any of that cult behavior, but I will say <laughs> that uh, they enjoy uh, Christmassy imagery um, and stuff, and then they go to the beach. That said, uh, I had a revelation recently, a couple of days ago. I was talking to my lovely wife, and I realized that in some ways, in California, we, at least Southern California, where I grew up, it was very similar. I had the imagery of the tree, you know, the tree. There's right. imagery of the snow and 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 all the you know whatever chestnuts and things <clears throat> and coal. But but it was a it was like 79 degrees. <laughs> was the shorts, right? See, I've always wondered about that. Living in an area where you don't get the snow in the winter, I've never really done that. I was down, 
I was I lived in Valencia for just like like from January to October, I believe, is when I moved back to Idaho. So yep. I missed the winter where it wasn't winter thing. Right. And it's always been kind of like vaguely fascinating to me to talk to people who celebrate holidays in areas that it's different than I picture it in my head. Right. Um, it was kind of interesting on one of the other podcasts I listened to, they talk about how they, they live in, uh, New Zealand, I believe. And they were talking about how hard it is to find Halloween stuff there because Mm. the people that live there view Halloween as a American holiday. Uh, and it. like they'd get people driving past and shouting at them for having Halloween displays in their yard. They're just like, take that gross stuff down, eh? Or whatever New Zealanders sound like. <laughs> not right. like no, that. It's not like that. <laughs> they, might, they might say, you know, whatever, take it down or whatever. Yeah, right. Take that down. <laughs> That's terrible. We should stop. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I've always been kind of particularly winter because so much of the iconography is based around such a specific look Yeah, and a huge portion of the country of, of the world does not have that look that time of year. Right. So it is kind of I, interesting. Well, here's another thing that's interesting and I think it's going to segue into many of your interests and ideas. I don't know about everybody in the U.S. because actually most of the U.S. scares the shit out of me. And I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to them. I don't get them. They are all arguments towards uh, getting off of Facebook, like some of our friends have. But yes. that said, uh, for those that are more like-minded, perhaps mm-hmm. we are fascinated in the European Santas. Right? Yeah, we really are. We're diving right into this, right? We're drilling mm-hmm. down. Oh yeah, into, into the issue of, of of this holiday. Drill, am, baby. I am for all intents and purposes an atheist, mm-hmm. but I like a lot of the imagery of the holiday like I do most. I, I agree. Mo- most holidays are fun for the for the pomp and circumstance of it. Right? Absolutely. But, you know, as much as I like, I can handle some of the Santa stuff, especially if I go backwards. Like I find really old imagery of him, you know, which oh, is really yeah. creepy. He's not, he's not big, you know. He's like, right. right. Looks much more like a street Santa, you know. Right. Uh, really shiny boots. Uh, really dark, crushed velour. Yeah. Uh, but what I think is great is European Santas, mm-hmm. and of course, and then of course, leading right up to your 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 specialty, I would think Krampus. Krampus. I love that, and it's going to be one of our jams, by the way, before the end of the month. I'm oh, excellent! Right on. Plan ahead. That um, movie was think, excellent, by the way. I, I know that it. you recently saw it, right? Yes, we. Um, that was actually the pod. The other podcast I was editing today was our review of it, I and can't read. it was so good. Um, but yeah, I I am a huge Krampus fan. I've actually been working on a children's book with him in it f- since well about four years ago, <laughs> and so it's now of fun. course I've missed the rise, and I'll be putting it out in the decline of people who are like, oh, you're just capitalizing on the movie. I'll be like, well, you fuck could, you guys. You're you're the Shane Black of podcast artists. You're going to produce your Krampus book in June. Right. Hey, guys, check it out. Look at my book. It's Christmassy. <laughs> I love it. And and also the bat, the idea that it's 
it's based on the negative reinforcement. I think it's hilarious. Absolutely. Everybody here is so obsessed with the, well, they either love or hate the elf on a shelf business. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think the Krumpus thing is just amazing. I love the idea that at the end of the year, it's, it's sort of like a celebratory version of Lutheran doctrine. Right. Whereas, you know, instead of it being, you know, if you don't do this, this, and this, and this, and this, the devil's going to come and get you. <laughs> right. Pull you right out from under your sheets like a Friday the 13th movie. In this case, it's a real celebratory thing. He's going to come. He's got bells on his boots. And he's going <laughs> right. to come in here and eat some cookies and then, uh, then flay your bones, you know. Like <laughs> right. He's going to switch you bag, down. Right? <laughs> your so, I mean, I cannot wait to draw that character that will be a very fun one to draw so anyway uh that's nice in the in the christmas spirit yeah compass well and it's funny i um my grandfather used to talk about krampus off and on when i was younger and it wasn't ever like in a ooh krampus so much as he would just mention him instead of santa claus occasionally and it was the weirdest thing because growing up i'd never really heard of krampus there wasn't like any of that going on here in Idaho or anything. And so it's it's kind of cool to see some of it kind of coming back. I have a question. Yes. So is, <clears throat> is, is it Krampus or is it Krampus? Because one sort of evokes cookies and the other one evokes eh, discomfort. <laughs> uh, the movie we just saw pronounced it Krampus. 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 Who, who was it? Um, was it Adam Scott in that movie? Uh Yes. And he That's was a guy. Surprisingly good. Well, surprisingly, I think he's brilliant. Well, I, I think that. he's brilliant, but I never saw him as kind of he's he becomes a little bit of the hero role in it, okay. which isn't what I pictured him as. Well, okay, so here's a callback to a callback. Do you think he would have celebrity charisma if you saw him on the street? Hmm. Because I think he would. I think and so. I think that's a surprise game because I think he looks – his whole thing is about not being that guy. Yeah. Like looks like he's like that. He's just like a regular guy. Right. But I think – I think you cannot – first of all, his head's about 30% larger than mm-hmm. regular people's heads. But I think you would see him and immediately be like, holy shit, that's him. That guy in the moccasins is you – know. <laughs> I think so too. I, I – yeah. He's one of those guys that is the reason – I started liking Parks and Rec as much as I did because yeah. I don't really care for a good amount of the cast, but they have great chemistry together. But when him and Rob Lowe came onto the show, I was just they just added such a cool dynam- dynamic edge to it that I thought was just so cool. They literally refreshed the cast. <laughs> Who don't you – wait a minute. So we're going to digress. It was uh, holidays. Now I want to know right. all your wrong opinions about Parks and Rec. Who well, is it that you don't like? On well, the to start, I didn't like. I didn't know who racist. Nick don't Offerman was at all. What? I did. I'd never heard of him before. I didn't know who he was. Did anybody though? I I don't know, but I did. I did. You know, he was on a weird show called Mix It Up. Oh, is that 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 rehab show you were telling me about? I was telling you about that, and I will tell you about it again. It was a home remodeling show where they would go to people's houses. It was it was produced by Courtney and David Cox. And they, it was a husband and wife production team that said, this will be fun, and they got divorced. So right. anyway, they would go to people's houses where the people would write in and say, you know, my, my husband likes tiki stuff, and I'm, you know, very religious. Help us out. <laughs> and so then they would go in, and they would throw the – 
the song mix it up and then they would go in with with two different designers and then a production crew and then they would like come up with some sort of hybrid style that would appeal to both right and it was as it from a design standpoint i don't think these shows are evil i like a number of those Mm -hmm. uh that type of show i think they can be very interesting because um time sensitive uh difficult client design challenges is my job right Right. so I, i i actually quite enjoy it so anyway on the show each of the each of the sides would have a, or you know, there was like a there was like a carpenter, a head of head of carpentry, and then some other guys, and they would have to build whatever they're going to do. Okay, you know, they're going to build in some furniture or some whatever, <clears throat> banquets or whatever. And, and so Nick Offerman was there as a as a laborer, like he was just That's so like, odd head of the carpentry <laughs> team. And he would just kind of have this beard, and he or, you know whatever, and he's kind of have a weird eye to him but, but right see, he had a certain something to him but you just kind of thought that guy's interesting do you know what i mean right like you had no idea he had a he had an acting bug it was just sort of like that's an interesting looking guy that's and i really read funny. about him later he had a lot more going on than that but you know theater and stuff but when i think back on on how he cultivated his public persona and everything else when i think right. i remember at the time i was like who is that weird carpenter and i looked it up <laughs> right. and like, he's married to What's her name for Willa Grace? What yeah. is happening? You know. So anyway, that's that. Also, his his uh, stand up show is amazing. Uh, we it? actually just started watching that today. Actually, um, we made it uh, just like ten minutes in because we were in the middle of making soap and we just took a lunch break. And I was like, let's start watching this. And I was like, okay, we have to stop or we will sit and watch the whole thing because it's great from what I've seen of it. It it's not often said mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we were in the middle of making soap, but then we had to stop <laughs> and watch Nick Offerman. <laughs> because the majority, I mean, other than the the hard, you know, fruits of your labors, you know, elbow grease, creating your own product part right. of it, there's not much about his shtick that is going to work with making soap. No, not so much. And also, so there's not many people that would say, I had to stop making soap to do X, <laughs> period. No, that probably does not come up very often, but... That's because they don't live with me. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. So tell me, tell me more about your your incorrect. Uh, well, cast. Um, I do not particularly care for a lot of the Saturday Night Live esque actors and actresses, and right. Amy Poehler has always been one of those that I've associated with that. Mm-hmm. And prior to this, I'd never heard of Chris Pratt at all. Mm. And Aziz Ansari. He's like a teen heartthrob. He is now. He wasn't. He was. He was. He was on. uh, On Wonder something. Uh, He was on some WB show. Oh really? And he like young. I've seen photos of him. He looks looks totally different. How odd. He was living in a van or whatever and whatever. Yeah. Weird. Low content. The point is, no one knew. No one knew him in that form. Right. Right. You know, you don't have any sense he's going to be what he is today. No. From the kind of character he was playing, you don't realize how much he's really playing. Yeah, I was shocked at how good he was at being who he was on that. And then I saw um, Aziz Zenisari on Scrubs and did not particularly care for his character on it. He was mm-hmm. on like four or five episodes of Scrubs. I had never seen him before that show. Yeah, yeah. And so it was It was one of those things where I saw the people in it and was like, I have no interest in this show at all. And then just kind of promptly forgot about it, aside from hearing you guys talk about how much you liked it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we, essentially, we just, like, finished Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix and didn't have a half-hour show to watch for breakfast. And I was like, eh, we'll give this a try. So it wasn't that I... I went into it assuming I would hate it so much as I just 
had no real opinion about most of the cast and those that I did I was like eh about. Well just well just like Office though it really had it took time to figure itself out. Yeah. I I hated the original when the Office adaptation hit I really did not like it. I liked the British version. Yes. I thought that the American version I mean they were using the same script and it was awkward and it just didn't gel. And right. then when they found a way to change it up and make uh Michael Scott endearing and aggravating as opposed to just be right. purely aggravating right and and make it more a um you know more a group effort yeah it was it was a uh, you know it was totally different than the than the british version and that was what made it good yeah when Carson they were still the using way. the british scripts it really hurt that show i think it it got a lot better once they stopped trying to shoehorn it into those well, in Parks and Rec, when they started, they didn't know what to do. That they tried to make it like The Office. Right. Her character looks like Michael Scott on paper, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and it was—I don't remember was it, was it halfway through that first season or at some point, or maybe it was the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, they figured out that they could turn it and make her one, just like full bore, enthusiastic, driven. Yeah. Not accepting no, being screwy but knowing having a little bit of a sense that she was right like a little bit of self-awareness right because uh, like that first that season crazy. only had like six or eight episodes or something like right. that and i remember watching it and thinking i like most of the cast but she feels like they based the show around her but didn't really know how to use her and right. then there was a couple of episodes i think it was the second season that you're thinking of where it was suddenly they kind of they changed who she was and what they did change they made her more endearing to a certain extent and like like they added like a little bit of that element of like the hoarding and the notebooks and the binders and that kind of shit right that i think made her a lot more of an appealing character that suddenly it was like oh shit i actually really like her well and the the key though was that they made her um addictive in a way they made her appealing even though she was screwy yeah they made they made her not only feel like she could be the son to that solar system right the, the, right these people would have a they were all so cynical they that became the story of the show that her enthusiasm and her just you know th- those motivations that she had that she would slowly break down and thaw out those other people right they would never change who they were they would be very begrudgingly adapt to her right but they would embrace that and slowly get sucked into actually giving a shit yeah and that's I, what i thought was a really great narrative yeah i thought that was great yeah yeah it was it was just it was interesting how they took this character that on paper should have been the most annoying character to watch and they found a way to make her not only endearing and appealing but you actually cared about her progression which was not something you would typically see in a sitcom right right so oh there's a burglar in my house oh that's never good if this goes bad it's documented. Okay. Well, I actually can't see anything. You've adjusted your webcam. I'm just seeing a desktop. Oh, sorry about that. The, so the if a cat burglar comes up behind you, I'll let you know now. <laughs> oddly, oddly enough, it was I, I moved the screen because the cat was coming around the other side and was going to step on the keys, and God knows what would happen. <laughs> it would it would cue up heat, and then we would get completely sidetracked by the awesomeness of that movie. Right, just, right, because you have it on a hot key on your computer. You just have, I do. You hit three, and it just immediately starts playing. 
Yeah, that's right. In fact, it, I've even scored the three off. That whole key is gone. Instead of three and pound, it's got this little heat logo on there. Which it didn't even have a logo. It's just like no, this, it didn't. It's just uh, the the words. Extremely high res etching of him looking out against the window. You know. <laughs> I have the I have the I have the painting that that scene was based on. I have, really, I have, a, I have a print of that a print of that painting framed in my in my uh, at my at my work. That's awesome. Uh, so next time you just show up at my work, you should see that. You'll love it, and you'll say that reminds me of Heat, which is I'll the be best there in movie seventeen ever hours. Right. <laughs> so the holidays. Yes, back to so, the holidays. Chris, I have a question for you. What What is your question, Tom? This year, what is it that you're hoping for? What do you want to see under the tree? Oh God. I would like to see a day off under the tree. Pistorus, uh, cyber limbs with the big, <laughs> right. big, big bow thing. Right, yeah. Um, the it funny thing that is that for the last few years, we've been so busy with the shop that Christmas has kind of gone to the wayside. Right. And we typically celebrate Christmas in January sometime. And this year is probably the only year we're actually going to be celebrating Christmas on Christmas. And everything I want for Christmas comes out in January. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, because they're releasing the Lego Ghostbusters Firehouse in January. Right, right. And that is really what I want for Christmas because it's obscenely expensive, so I can't expect anything else. <laughs> what did they go for? Like 150 bucks? $350 for that set. You are taking the piss out on me. That's no. not a three hundred dollar Lego set. It is four thousand six hundred pieces. Do they price? They don't just price those based on bricks, right? It's there's there's got to be there some is other factors typically to it. a per brick price, and then that price is adjusted based off of the number of specialty pieces, printed pieces, and figures in it. I, I just knew you'd know. There's I, a... I, I stood there looking at the kids going, "Oh, this one has a this many, and this one has that many, and why is this one so expensive?" And but then it's also, typically adjusted for licensing as well. I was going to say franchise. Yeah, um, the license sets um, average between eleven and eighteen cents per piece, and obviously your per piece price gets better as you get the larger sets. And the non-licensed sets average between eight and fifteen cents per piece. I just knew you'd know. <laughs> and the crazy thing about that, though, is the firehouse, even at three hundred and fifty dollars, is only eleven cents a piece. So huh. it comes out to be cheaper than most of the other licensed sets you buy. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Also, it's Ghostbusters, but so yeah. Chris, in your in your travels, yes. Have Have you been to Lego stores? I have been to three of them, yeah. How do you feel about them? I love them. I don't spend very much time in them because they're usually full of children. Sure. but <laughs> I know how you feel about children that aren't my children. Um, I think they're cool. I've, I, don't, I live in a town that doesn't have a single toy store. There's no Toys R Us. There's no little indie toy store. There's no educational toy store. So going to a town where not only is there a toy store, but there's a toy store that's all Lego is pretty awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, and I particularly really like the little displays of, like, right. the piece-built bugs or the people in the theater and that kind of thing where they make something that's you can't ever fucking make yourself, but yeah. they're really yeah. cool to see that type of creativity and stuff that theoretically you could do if you were creative. 
<laughs> so here's some things because I've put some of them on the forum and, and I'll and I'll reference it now. One, we have one in San Anselmo right here where we live. Oh, really? And yeah, it's fantastic. That's and cool. What I love about it is it's not just a Lego toy store. They have that mm-hmm. side of it. All the Legos that are currently on the market, right, are right. there. All the current right. kits are there. Including the online and Lego store only sets, which is cool. Yeah. So here so then on top of that they have um they have all the bins of Oh, the wall of pieces. Those are so cool. You know, to me, right. I mean (laughs) the the org porn style part of that, I'm just dying. Right. Um I love that part. I'm just trying to – I can't – that's where I want to be is over in the corner looking at the axles. You know, right. This axle's better than that. Axle. A whole bin of axles. <laughs> Multiple axles. But so then also – and then they have a bunch of display cabinets with things that people have made. You know, like really nice stuff that the that the, um, that the shop has made. But then also right. they have an area where they've displayed what, what um, other people have made because the other half of the shop is by the hour rental. So they have just bins upon bins and basically anything you can touch and you just pay an hourly rate. And so uh, uh, below age five, you you have to have a parent there and over Mm -hmm. over age five, it's drop off, right? Mm -hmm. So I've gone there a number of times with the kids and uh, because my younger son is four – I've always been there for the, which I would have been there anyway, right? Right. But, um, right. So, you know, I'm paying whatever it is, about eight bucks an hour. Huh. And we're just building Legos. And so, That's you know, pretty awesome. And you know, from seeing what I do, I like to build the kit and then blow it up and throw it in the bin. <laughs> right. Know? And the kids go crazy. And I like to build, I like to build custom things, mm-hmm. photograph them, and then break them apart and then it's gone, right? Like it's just a momentary. Right. Thing. So for me, this is great. I every time yeah. I go, I just posted a few photos of the latest one. I like to build something with what I have, what I find, uh, you know, document it, and then and then I leave it there. That's awesome. And one in one case, I found it. The next time I went, it was still, it was still somewhere fully. <laughs> really, right? Other on. times it wasn't, but so I love that about it. And then the other thing they do is they have a room. This one, in any, anyway, has a room where they do birthday parties. Mm-hmm. that are lego themed everybody sits down and they build a thing together right right um, you know, they, they follow the they follow the teacher and they're all building the same thing right and then and my kids have had that party before and then also they do apparently though i haven't seen it they do more advanced classes because they have a projector set up so oh, interesting put the, put the chairs over here and then the tables and then they would have the the instructor up in front with the camera aiming down at what they're doing so you oh, follow- that's cool Right. Uh, and so they built all the really big sets, right? And like right. Death, this and that. Um, the best thing they have in the entire place, they made a crystal skull. Really? Out of clear blocks. Oh, right? that's so like awesome. And it's human scale. It's one word. Right on. That's really cool. I have a photo of that. Dude, that's awesome. That sounds like a far higher quality than most of the other. Leg- Is it a fairly new Lego store? Because none of the ones I've been to have that that additional aspect to it. They do the like the the monthly mini build where you can go in and a kid can get like a little like each month they have a different set that you can pick up. But I haven't seen any with the classes or the the freeloading brick section or anything like that. That's cool. No, it's fantastic. I love it. Right on. So, that, so that's what's on your Christmas list then. The ghost yeah, I mean, beyond that, it's it's sadly adult stuff. Like, like I need new pants. And I, I typically have a lot of kitchen stuff on my wish list because I do all the cooking in the house. And I'm very slowly improving my, like, 
Walgreens quality kitchen gear into better kitchen gear. Walgreens so, had kitchen gear? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> I know they had microwave casserole, whatever tins and things. And, and right. Like, what is it? What's it called? Slop bake or whatever? What's that? What's Slop that? Bake? What's that <laughs> system? I saw it at Walgreens. I saw a book on it. Uh, slow cooking like, crock slot, pot slot bake or something some name like that where where it's like you just throw a bunch of crap in a thing and throw in the microwave and it and it comes out oh like, like the as seen on tv shit yeah i know what yeah, you're talking about but i can't remember what it's called i, I don't think it's it, slop bake <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you what if it's not patent pending right right tom slop bake <laughs> well Tell, tell me more while I look up slot bait because okay. I want to know, first of all, whether I can patent that and second of all, what it was really called. So, yeah, we're, we've started coming around to the idea of actually paying decent money for decent quality shit. Like for the longest time growing up and particularly since we got married, if we needed a spatula, we'd go to the dollar store and pick up a dollar sp- a spatula kind of thing or right. – we would buy the $10 four-cup coffee maker from Walgreens. I mean, it's just like the shit that would last a year or two in some passable fashion. But we finally came around to the idea that you get what you pay for. And <laughs> no, 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 no. we're <laughs> – well, theoretically, you get what you pay for anyway. And so we've started buying some nicer stuff. Like the coffee maker we just got was a – I mean, it probably costs more than any – all other coffee makers we've owned in the past combined. But the simple fact is, is we had so many other coffee makers because we were buying shitty coffee makers and that kind of thing. So that's something we've started moving towards. Like, I mean, even as far as the speaker that we bought here, the microphones that we're using, the reason I bought this microphone is because I could have gone with the $20 microphone that they had that had like, middle-of-the-ground ratings, but I started actually researching things and trying to buy things that are worth spending the money on. So, yeah. so that's well, where we're moving towards. It's an interesting... There's a sweet spot, right? Because you can buy a bunch of cheap stuff and it, it doesn't last and it's not really good right. quality. and can affect a lot of things. And then you can... And then there's a sweet spot where you're spending more money on something that has a longevity and is good quality... And maybe, uh, uh, you know, gives you tools to be more productive, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the the, uh, the the tier above that, which is you're just blowing money for no reason. Right. You're, you're paying for design at that point. Right. Or brand name or something like that. So just so you know, I haven't found the product, but I'm certainly – the current <laughs> – the current focus of my web search is food bucket. <laughs> so that should give you some idea of what I'm looking for. I'm just killing myself. Are, are these, I, is know. that one of those things where you like, where they have like a spaghetti container and you pour boiling water into it and it magically cooks the spaghetti? <laughs> no, you know, I, I even took a photo of this when I saw it at a Walgreens and I didn't tag it, so I don't know where it is, but it just blew me away. Because I had heard of this whole mason jar uh craze where they would you know you put salad all the ingredients in the mason jar and then you take it to work and there's your salad in the jar right whatever whatever. but this was like it has this horrible name food bucket (laughs) or something it was a book it was like a book discounted 75 percent off and it was like it was it was that concept it it has this really tragic it's gonna kill me three or four podcasts from now we'll figure it out (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Like, something like that. Food bucket or something, you know. And, are you, are you talking about dump cakes? Dump. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. When I look it up. Because there's a dump cakes cookbook on Walgreens.com that says quick and easy dump cakes and more. Just it's, dump and that's bake. What that's what it is. It's dump cakes. <laughs> Got it. Man, former manager of Walgreens. It sounds like a it. really inter- – yeah, I'm really good at searching the Walgreens website at this point. Um, you know, when you look at the, what it's comprised of, you're like, well, that's – yeah, that's – it's like a cobbler, yeah. right? It's right, cobbler. right. It's totally a cobbler. But the fact that they would market – I just found it. Dump cakes as seen on TV. Yeah, there it is. yeah it's like the, the fact that they would most hillbilly this. name possible. <laughs> Kathy Mitchell presents and she's got this yes. great big red haircut. Yes. This is how they market to the majority of my country. It makes <laughs> yes, me it so is. comfortable. Kathy quick Mitchell presents quick and easy dump cakes and more. <laughs> Just dump and bake. Over 250 <laughs> incredibly delicious recipes. Dump cakes. <laughs> That's so good. That's going to be so good, but it's so long. It's a dump cake. Yeah, it sounds atrociously bad when you call it a dump cake. <laughs> Google's Google's related searches include chocolate dump <laughs> and, and dump dinners. Dump dinners, really? Oh, I might God, have, America! I might have to make <laughs> I might have to make America dump dinners though this week, just because I can. <laughs> kids, kids, this is a dump dinner. Welcome to your dump dinner. <laughs> <laughs> just dump and bake and then eat 50 percent of my progeny would be totally down with that <laughs> yeah or we have a he'd have a transformer in it with the bulldozer but <clears throat> <laughs> backhoe cake <laughs> so this is several degrees of uh oh i know what it was you were talking about up, upgrading your yes. Walgreens cookware yes. into higher quality cookware so you know what, what makes... of what of you mr tom what do you want for christmas this year I don't want anything. Nothing. Well, I mean, you want you know, for I, nothing. I want for nothing. I'm in a good place in There's my life. Not even I don't... like a cool T-shirt or a book you want. Uh, well, but the thing is, I'm I'm in a good place. I don't need anything, and I'm actually in a phase in my life where I'm trying to get less instead of more. I didn't I have, ask I have... you what you needed, Tom. I asked you what you wanted. You're right. You, you did. think I need a Lego firehouse? Okay, I do. <laughs> but <laughs> I have told people, and I told my wife this uh, earlier today. I said Legos and rye, and she just rolled her eyes at me. So I don't know if that's see, really alcohol good. is always appropriate for her <laughs> Christmas list. I I have alcohol on my list too. Actually, I I should point out that it's not like I just sit down at night and I'm like, dear Santa, <laughs> this year I've been terrible, but I'd like these things. My family actually demands a list oh, sure. every year ever since I was a kid where my mom's like, okay, you have to have some big ticket items, medium ticket items, and little ticket items, and then don't expect anything on the list, but it's a guideline. And that's where I've ended up with shitty kitchen stuff because I'll put like, I need a KitchenAid mixer and I'll get like a friggin' Fred Meyer discount mixer kind of thing that breaks on cookies. Kathy Mitchell presents Dump Mixer. Right, exactly. <laughs> but um, so that's just why dump, I have. Dump mix. I'm not like, oh, I have 73 things I'm expecting this year. <laughs> <laughs> my family, um, my parents, you know, they we switched to the sort of Amazon wish list uh, Christmas. Oh, right years. on. And I think my father initially had some uh, mixed feelings about it because he liked the idea that the romantic <laughs> idea of just randomly finding this perfect thing. But there was just right. really hit or miss stuff. Yeah. And I just got to a point where I don't 
I don't want all of the extra things that I'm not going to really have a good use for. I'm just going to end up donating it, right? And then I feel right. like I don't want the parents to waste money. So right. I endorse this. And so everybody has an Amazon wish list with a few things on it, and there right. you go. But we're trying to focus on the kids, and I think that's what we're going to do. I think um, that's a good way of doing it, honestly. I I think – like we always have a couple of frivolous things on our list, but generally speaking, we've really come around to the idea of – stuff is just stuff as much as we'd like to think that it's cool and fun and we'll use it again it's i mean even to the to the point where up until recently our game systems we owned were in that same qualification where it was like we did not use it enough to justify having it but we've come around to the idea in recent years where it's like if we're gonna have it we should use it i think you're right i think that's a really great way of putting it yeah um so traditionally I'll just put video games on my list because I rarely buy them myself, but right. um, I'll put it on there and, you know, my parents will get a few and that's how I end up having, uh, you know, games for the, for the console. Um, and then this year I did the same thing, but you know, if I just saw some Legos and some Rye, I would just be a happy camper, but <laughs> you know, anything goes. I mostly this, at this point with kids, it's fun just to get them stuff and watch them flip out and, and, right. and get overstimulated to the point where they can't deal. Yeah. And also, and I, also get I get to play with their stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah. That was kind of, for me being an adult, it kind of sucks because there's certain holidays where having kids makes such a more pleasurable holiday experience. And in my head, I'd always kind of assumed that particularly with the family I married into, where there's uh, two other siblings, they both have families, they both actually have kids in the family. I kind of had assumed that there would be Christmases with kids and that kind of thing. And that's never really quite panned out. Um, and now at this point, it's kind of come around to the idea that, okay, we're adults, we're going to be sitting around at home, or we're going to be splitting our time every Christmas between the two different households. And that's kind of the opposite of what we want to do every Christmas, but we're not entirely sure how to convince our families that that's what we want to do. Right. So, I don't know. It's one of those things where Christmas has kind of lost its appeal because we don't have those kids and the excitement and the wonder that they bring, which I think is kind of sad, but I it's what you get for not wanting kids, I guess. <laughs> you know what brings that wonder? is Ghostbusters uh Firehouse Firehouses. Kids. They come out in That's fucking right. January for some stupid reason. <laughs> That's really strange. It seems like they just had a supply problem or whatever. There's three custom parts to do the whole thing. Lego does that every year. They they release their big new sets in January because they want to sell through the old inventory over Christmas. Uh, and yeah. if you have the option of buying a three hundred and fifty dollar Ghostbusters house or you're still going to buy Christmas gifts, you buy fucking Minas Tirith or whatever's on clearance that they've had for <laughs> six months. So there's, there's a whole series of Legos that I keep seeing in clearance that I can't, I just can't convince myself to get for the kids because they look so bad, but they're like some sort of insect heroes or whatever. Oh, like, the Chima ones. I don't understand yeah. those at all. Yeah. They're I like they... weird anime. Yeah. I don't, I don't get those. 
I don't know if that's an existing property or if they just tried to create one. But it I not think work. it's one they created themselves. Like yeah, they had the, the ninja terrible. ones and they were super popular. And this is what they replaced it with. And this year they're coming back with the ninja ones. So I'm assuming that the, the, yeah, the insect bear hero ones were like a total flop. But yeah. So uh, before we wrap this up, I have a question for you. Yes. You open a box of Legos, mm-hmm. and, you, and you got part one and part two and part three. Yes, on a bigger kit, or in the case of a brick house, it's like part nine. Yes, but in those bags, there are sub bags. Mm-hmm. And I, my question is this: Are the sub bags specialty parts, and then the main bags common parts, so that as they're simplifying their assembly, mm-hmm. is that what's creating? Oh, there you because are. oftentimes I'm like, there's no reason. Hello. Hello. There's no. Yes. Can you hear me? Okay, you're back now. What did you miss? Uh, you were talking about common parts and then assembly, and then you froze. So, yeah, so my question is, is the sub bag the specialty parts and then the main bag the rest of the main parts? Oh, like the, the smaller bag? Yeah. Um, because I'm trying to understand the rationale. I, like it's the smaller parts. It's just specific parts. I actually watched a video – of, it, of, course you did. of like one of their warehouse packing plant things and this was a while ago so things may have changed but most of what's in these smaller bags are either items that had a tendency to get jammed up in the typical packaging sessions or mm. they were really small ones that didn't make it in properly so they would bag those smaller or awkward pieces in a different machining process and then that bag would get sent down along with the rest of the pieces oh, okay so i have another i have another final question for you did you see that lego documentary yet i haven't actually I need What's to wrong see with it. You? I don't know. I'm. S- I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, here, here's your here's your homework. You got to see that, and I'm going to see it too, okay. and then we can talk about it. Is that the, the documentary one or whatever that's on Netflix? It is, and I have a feeling that we're going to like it. I would imagine it seems like something that we would enjoy greatly between the two of us in particular. <laughs> <laughs> target, target markets. Yeah, it's going to be tattooed girls showing you Legos. Oh my! You didn't say they were tattoos. Whiskey, whiskey everywhere, and then lots of the color red. I digress. Maybe it's that's my target market. (laughs) So, anything else we have before we wrap up? Do we have Um, any special special news items? Not really. No, I I I do think we have a little bit of an announcement that we're going to make though. Um, Tom and I have decided to spin off of Deeply Dapper Dispatches. I think um, we're spinning off. Yes, we're a spin-off. We're going to be the the more laid back but geekily in depth podcast, I guess, possibly. <laughs> the the question that no one asks is why would you spin off of a podcast that's already about all kinds of crazy stuff that Yeah. Goes as long as it wants and has whatever it is in it and whatever. But I think it makes sense. We're going to be focusing more on comics and films Mm -hmm. and just dorky new stuff and just stuff that makes sense to us as a pair of uh, artists who go to cons and and that's another thing too. I really think that the the artist focus is something that we'll probably that we'll be bringing to our new podcast. Three uh, D, as it sat originally, is it has a, a much harder focus on 
80s retro stuff, horror films. We're doing a lot more film reviews and that type of thing. And our new podcast, Tom and I, I th- we really want to start focusing on, you know, 40-minute evaluations of movie trailers. And- <laughs> oh, you mean the short one? The short yeah, the short evaluations. Uh, we've decided on a name. Um, we wanted to do something that kind of brought my interests with better living through tentacles and that kind of madness and Tom's interest with the third rail design lab and his bots and bugaboos and little robotic Android everything's. And we've decided to call it robot Kraken robot Kraken robot Kraken trademark. So, uh, before my actually before I started doing work as third rail design lab back when I had a blog that was just reviews and dorkery, I guess. Right. It was called monkey plus robot reviews. And that oh, was yeah, based I forgot on about that. It was based on the same uh, radio show that a buddy of mine and I in college were, had been developing. And then just basically just, I don't know, whatever, got tired and didn't do it. Went, <laughs> went, went to got, get tacos. So right. anyway, the idea though was that, um, the imagery was that that robot uh, mascot that I've had for years and years and years. Wrong robot, right? right? So I think that goes well with um, you know the imagery that we're trying to present. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be dorky. It's gonna be silly. Yeah, um, but it's, most of all, it's gonna be fun. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think and, we're going to have. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to be dorky and silly, but I don't think it'll be quite as drunkenly drunk and si- or dorky and silly as the the regular 3D show is. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah, say. true that. Yeah, yeah. I just have water right now, actually, amusingly, um, but that's because I drank all of my whiskey already. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're probably going to target uh, early January for the first of those, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds solid. Um, this is our second part of the one that we've done for December, and I think I, – I don't. are we going to aim for a monthly show or are we going to go biweekly? What do you think? I think we'll figure it out. I think, I think that's the right answer. Be, I think it's probably going to be monthly to start. Yeah, yeah. The simple fact is, is Tom and I are both fairly busy, and Tom has an active family life as well as a lot of work on his plate between his art and his job. And I think having a 2- to 17-hour program once a month is a pretty solid plan. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, yeah, and, and I'm thinking mostly the fact that you know, Deeply Dapper Dispatches is continuing, so you're going to have right you know, theoretically twice as much to do in a month. Um, and y- you have to have twice as much amazing, insightful, and innovative content every yes. month. Yes, But I think you can do it. I think mm-hmm. I can probably manage that. And I, one of the things I'm excited about with Robot Kraken is that we can bring a little more of the the artist comic con end of things into it and... Uh, we have a different group of people that we could bring on as guests and that kind of thing as well, which I think could be really fun. I think, I think this can right. be kind of our special guest star shows that we do too. So, like Manu Bennett, yes, Manu See if Bennett, you can get, a, get a hold of him, my bro. As long as he didn't hear my my New Zealand accent, I did. <laughs> that was tragic. I was worried about that. That was the gun on the mantle. It was like pretty bad. <laughs> well, this was fun. I hope. Yeah. Uh, I hope you you do have a great holiday with your family. I hope um, you do too, sir. I'm sure we will talk, but I hope, I hope everyone pipe. has a good holiday. Well, I think we'll we'll draw this to an ending for our pre our last 
Deep Lead Effort Dispatches pre-Robot Kraken show with me and Tom here. Um, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can reach me at deeplydapper at gmail.com. Deeply Dapper is also my username on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, DeviantArt, pretty much anything. Um, you can also go to deeplydapper.squarespace.com, and I have all my contact information there. You can listen to the podcast. You can link over to my shop where you can purchase awesome handmade goods and artwork. Soaps. Soaps. We have many geeky soaps. And if you'd like to reach Mr. Tom... Hulk, Hulk Hogan dolls. Hulk Hogan. Actually, Hulk Hogan dolls popular. were taken off our site after that whole racist thing that uh, went out. Yeah. <laughs> after Generic the sex tape and, the, and the, the racially insensitive comments, I decided Hulk Hogan was no longer on our website. So actually, Manu Bennett got the last Hulk Hogan doll that was made by Deeply Dapper. <laughs> he might have been onto something. Yeah. Controversy breeds, uh, you know, exclusivity. Yeah, it so, does. Um, you can reach me at Third Rail Design Lab. That's uh, all spelled out the way it sounds. Third Rail Design Lab. It's there's, not rocket there's science. There's no silent Y or anything the, like that. <laughs> it was the electrical third rail. That's what it was. The imagination. I'll tell you what, though. Um, uh, I look forward to many more of our exciting podcasts in 2016. Absolutely. And, you know, what's interesting about this is uh, – We'll be able to, in theory, if you get off your ass and go see it, we'll be able to talk about <laughs> Star Wars from the perspective of two guys who actually saw it. Yes. Um, as well as other other things we have in the pipeline. So that'd be fun. And I would like to recommend, too, um, any of you listeners out there that have an interest in a lot of the things that we cover on this, or if you have an interest in artwork, particularly if you're looking for subject matter that challenges you check out third rail design lab go to the forum or find him on DeviantArt. we have a weekly jam where artists draw a different subject chosen each week and like he was mentioning earlier we we cover a wide range of subjects from krampus to comic book characters to movie redesigns check it out um the forum isn't as active as it used to be but it's still a hell of a lot of fun and Hop on, join in. There's no drama. We're all really laid back, except for our Speak one love hate character. <laughs> <laughs> as far as that jam goes, I mean, I think it's it's especially active on DeviantArt these days. But, yeah, um, you know, there, we talk about a lot of the same content that we yeah. do on this podcast is on that forum as well. In fact, I think as we go, I'm guessing that what we're what we're putting down on paper there or whatever digital yeah. paper <laughs> yeah. will will lead into a lot of what we're talking about here as well. And so it'll be a great way to interact with us too that way if you want to get a hold of us. Both of us are on there well he's on there all the time and I'm on there as regularly as I can be and if you want to get a hold of us that way hook up on the forum, join the forum, participate, get on it. <laughs> I predict within 6 months that forum will be filled with really cute cosplayers. And Manu Bennett. I think that's that's I think that's a bold prediction, sir. Mr. Oh, Kreskin. It's, it's something to aspire to. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll we'll draw this to the close here. Um, join us next month for the premiere of Robot Kraken. And yeah, everybody have a great holiday. And now folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.